You're listening to We Resolve to Win, the podcast for women who have resolved by women who seek to resolve conflict in their personal and professional lives and desire to negotiate no matter what. I'm your host, Elizabeth Goh, a lawyer, conflict resolution expert, and negotiation coach dedicated to helping women resolve conflict at work, strengthen their relationships, and negotiate with confidence. Ladies, let's go and be great. Hey, you guys, it's Elizabeth Go with We Resolve to Win, and I am so excited that we are in May. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. It's one of my favorite months because it provides us with the opportunity to talk about mental health. And we've talked about it in some respect. We've seen many people converse and share their thoughts and really just go about and talk about the importance of mental health. But what I like about this month in particular is that it gives other individuals the opportunity that are practitioners within this space, the platform that they need in order to really disseminate the message out there. It is so important that you take your mental health as something that is important. Your physical health is important. Your spiritual life is important. Your mental health and your mental life is just as important, if not more important in many regards. So I'm excited that in this episode, I bring back one of my favorite people on earth, Farah Harris. Farah Harris is a licensed therapist out of Chicago, Illinois. She has a wonderful practice and she has a business by the name of Working Well Daily. Her purpose and her mission is to assist people within corporate spaces with the tools and resources that they need in order to truly work well. With that being said, here we are, Farah Harris. Hey, how are you, Elizabeth? Thank you so much for having me on again. Um, So to your listeners, I am a licensed therapist in private practice here in uh, the south suburbs of Chicago. And I am also the owner of Working Well Daily, which is a organization um, and company that talks about work-life alignment and um, helping you to minimize stress, minimize the effects of burnout, and to just elevate your emotional intelligence and just learn how to do work and life better. And um, I am excited to talk about, well, I shouldn't say excited, because <laughs> what's going on is not uh, exciting in the way we want things to be exciting, but um, I am very happy to be able to hopefully impart some information and some encouragement to your listeners today. Absolutely. So we are all stressed out. I think mm-hmm. the world is overwhelmed with the amount of information that's coming in about COVID-19. I think that many of us working moms having to be home, having to manage our businesses, having to manage our nine to fives, for those that have nine to fives, having to manage clients, their expectations, our children, online school. And for those that us that are married, having to manage that relationship as well. It is a lot. And, and so many people are overwhelmed, including myself, to be honest with you. And um, I, I, I have you here because I really want to just hear what it is that you're hearing as someone that has their ear on the ground, as someone who works within this space. What are some things that you're seeing as it relates to how people are trying to manage this COVID-19 situation? Yeah, 
it's interesting because, you know, we often are dealing with adjustments, you know, whether it is adjusting to um, parenthood, adjusting to a new relationship, adjusting to work, you know, there's just lots of things in life that we have to adjust to. Uh, this pandemic has caused us to be forced into adjusting to things that we probably typically wouldn't have um, had to adjust to. For example, you know, we talk about working from home and everybody's sending tips, including myself. I've written to, you know, in a couple of publications about how to effectively work from home. But when you're working from home, typically, you don't have your kids there. <laughs> you don't have your spouse there. Uh, you, you're there ideally alone and creating your own space. You're able to focus and be productive. And also, you're not being bombarded by the news that is telling you about, oh my gosh, these are how many people are passing away. These are um, the possibilities of getting sick, even though you're you know, asymptomatic and there's just no clarity. So the lack of uncertainty is really what is, um, I think, impacting so many people in terms of elevating their anxiety because they don't know what's going on. They don't know how we are actually handling this. And we don't know when the end is going to be in sight. You know, I believe we all have this hope that we're going to get out of this on the other side and we're going to come through this. But will that be next week? Will that be at the end of the summer? Will that be 2021? Like, is this whole year shot? So I think that is one of the main things that I'm seeing is just the elevation of anxiety based off of uncertainty. Uh, another thing that I've recognized is that a lot of people are just tired, and that's myself included. So you, if you're experiencing increased fatigue, one, it's because our bodies respond to trauma, even if we don't think we're experiencing trauma, that is what we are all collectively experiencing. We recognize that there's this crisis, and even if we may not know a person personally who has passed away or has had health issues due to COVID-19, we read about it. And so there's this thing called vicarious trauma, meaning that you are empathetic to what you're reading about the trauma of others. So when you scroll on Twitter or you're looking through Facebook and someone's talking about, oh my gosh, guys, my, God, my dad just passed away from COVID-19. Or you're seeing the commercials with you know, the doctors whose faces are just scarred because they've been wearing the masks all day and they've been doing you know, a 16 hour shift or something like that. Like all of that hits our heart in a way that even though it's not necessarily affecting you know, our kids or maybe you're single and you're living home um, alone, we know it's happening. And that vicarious trauma, that um, you know, uh, you know, trauma by, by um, you know, not necessarily experience, but just the, the empathy for others is just weighs on us. You know? So then you know, your body's like, the world's, gone crazy so why don't we just hibernate <laughs> you know, why don't we just disappear and then you wake us up when everything's better but we know we can't do that we can't stay you know in bed all day so we may find ourselves a little more sluggish um, have bouts of energy and so i encourage if you have those moments of energy do all that you can you know so if you need to straighten up um, if you're able to do more work with your kids if they're doing e-learning great um, if you're a creative entrepreneur, you know, create content. But if your body's telling you to rest, listen to your body. 
Um, and you know, and another thing I'm hearing from parents is like, this is hard. <laughs> like pay teachers more. I mean, I've been advocating for that for a long time, but it's, it's hard to do the schooling because there's this mindset that I'm now homeschooling. Homeschooling is different. <laughs> it's a whole different preparation than what we're doing right now. If you've never homeschooled before, please don't try to do that right now. What you're trying to do right now is actually just keep your kids in a mindset of staying on top of reading, on top of learning, but not necessarily having to do a eight o'clock to three o'clock schedule. It's just not realistic. And depending on your kid's age, they really only need about two and a half hours of um, you know, pure academics. But if you have them do some math problems, if you, you know, look at some National Geographic videos, you know, just something that keeps them interested in what's going on in the world, you know, um, do some Lego projects, you know, those kind of things to make it not stressful, because you would just hate that this would be the season that your kids remember it just being very stressful um, and not that unique time where we stayed at home with mom and dad. I think that's an excellent point that a couple of things that you mentioned um, first, as it relates to the children, there are all these memes and posts going around about parents recognizing that they're stressed, but more importantly, that the children are recognizing that the parents are stressed. Yeah. And this is not just a blip in time. This is something that is longstanding. It's quite systemic in, in its current way of being executed in the world. And so if we as parents, as moms, are highly stressed and we are yelling at our children or we're fussing mm -hmm. about certain things, that is what they're going to remember. They're going yeah. to remember that I remember being in the house for two to three months and my mom's snapping at me every five minutes. Or I yeah. remember, you know, just experiencing this this thing that everyone kept saying was a pandemic, which they may not even understand. Oh, yeah. But I, I remember having to be home and being miserable or everyone around me being miserable instead of, as you mentioned, some of the fun times that can come out of this situation, some of the relationships that can be anchored, some of the conversations with, you know, age appropriate conversations with your children in order to help them navigate this within themselves as you are supporting them through this through this walk but to your point of empathy there is a meme or mm -hmm. a tweet that has gone around that says something to the effect of if you do not come out of this with a product or a book or some yeah. content you never lack time you were just lazy and so right, the meme like has gone viral <laughs> yeah it's gone viral and i'm just like what? And many influencers are like sharing the sentiment, you know, and it seems it's, it's so shameful and, and guilt laden that I'm just shocked that there are so many influencers who are putting this out there as if we are not all collectively grieving um, right now. You know, we are grieving the, the, you know, freedom, quote unquote. I mean, we're obviously able to leave the house. We're not in prison. We, we are able to move. But um, you know, life is different now. This is a new normal that we're in. And to sit there and say, oh, you know, you just lack discipline if you, if you don't do something right now. It's like, hmm, how is that really addressing the mental health of those who are experiencing this? You know, that uh, having family members who are maybe suffering from the illness 
or the fact that, you know, if you're an empath, and so like I was talking about vicarious trauma, that you just are feeling the weight of the, the mourning that people are experiencing in the world. Let, and you're let like- Let me stop you there. What is yeah. an empath for individuals that have never heard of the phrase or the word, or, or they're not familiar in general? Yes, yeah, so a person who is an empath is someone who is, and I hate the term extremely sensitive because people will take that as a, a negative, but they're just very sensitive and in tune and have a heightened level of empathy. So when you are, uh, an empath is when a person is sitting with you and like almost can literally feel the emotions that you are feeling um, to the point where it just takes everything out of you. And many therapists are, you know, uh, obviously should be empathic, but not necessarily are empaths. And so if you are a helper or a caregiver who is an empath, like this is definitely impacting you in a different way. Um, there's a thing called compassion fatigue. And so that's similar to those who are in, you know, just the work, the professional workforce, and that equates to burnout. So when you are a caregiver and you aren't putting your self-care first, and all you're doing is, you know, pouring into caring for, you know, a person who's sick, caring for your children, caring for a disabled person or whatever. Um, and I was obviously as a therapist, you can experience compassion fatigue because you are just so open and so present with the other person's heavy feelings or um, big feelings is what I tell my kids, you know, so their, their anger, their angst, their frustration, their sadness, their grief, um, their anxiety, it, it takes an emotional toll and sometimes a physical toll on an individual who um, is an empath. Um, but I think we all are feeling a bit of that uh, today. So for someone who is an empath, what would you say to them or someone who is a caregiver during this time? Because many people have family members who immune systems are, you know, compromised. They're very concerned about them or they may actually, just yesterday to this point, just yesterday, I learned about one of my friends from high school who also, um, she, she moonlights as a, a hairdresser and she um, was my hairdresser for my wedding she caught COVID-19. She mm. works in a medical lab and everyone got exposed and mm. she got tested. She didn't believe that it was positive. She went back three days later. She said, run another test. She got tested again. And she went through all of the emotions and all of the things that people generally talk about, the headaches, the fevers that spike to 103, 104, the inability to breathe and things of that nature. And I was so happy that she shared that her experience was just like what many people experience, but it wasn't something that, oh, you know, I, I, I'm a person and I'm a survivor of COVID-19, but it was more so I'm a person, I'm a survivor, and here are some things that you should consider for yourself, such as staying in the house, such as, you know, if you're considering going to, going to the hospital, here are some things that you can do, or here are some, th some questions that you can ask. So I was happy that she shared that, but I recognize that people who are empaths, they would take something on a story like that, and they would just become overwhelmed. So how does someone 
build boundaries for themselves yeah. or how would someone like you who works in the mental health space ensure that you aren't experiencing compassion fatigue especially yeah. during this time yeah it's really hard because this is the time where therapists are needed um and we will probably be needed more so at the aftermath um and you know i'm you know encouraging and advising my peers to make sure they set boundaries. And one of my specialties is boundary development with the work that I do with clients. So I'm not taking on any new clients. Um, everyone that I have are clients that have been with me for a while. So I'm familiar with them. I know their story. I know their goals. Um, I'm not having to do quote unquote extra work to uh, get additional information. I'm, I'm maintaining a relationship I've already had. Uh, so right now, this has added to the work that I do, just doing a check-in, you know, a wellness check on how are they emotionally, physically, mentally dealing with COVID-19. But I cannot, one, the difference now is that therapists are going through the same trauma as their clients. So it's a completely different landscape. You know, before it would be, I'm a mental health practitioner, you're coming in with an issue. Most likely I've probably never experienced this issue before. I use my expertise to help guide you with your goals and to, you know, help you get to wherever it is that you want to get to. And if I have ever experienced anxiety or experienced depression, most likely I'm not experiencing it at the time that I'm actually providing service. But you're experiencing a worldwide pandemic, a health crisis, guess what? I'm experiencing the same thing as you. So I'm navigating my mental health um, along with the mental health of my family while I'm helping you maintain your mental health and your family's mental health in the midst of this crisis. So extra boundaries need to be put in place. I have to make sure that I'm not overwhelmed by the news. So sometimes it's like, okay, let me get updates in the beginning of the morning. Maybe I'll get updates at the, you know, in the evening and then during the day, check in with those that I care about, you know, talk about things unrelated to COVID, um, making sure I take a nap when I can, rest when I can. So for an empath, definitely creating those listening boundaries, because again, empaths can literally almost take on your pain. Um, as if it was the, you know, a pain that they experienced themselves. And so hearing too much can be overwhelming. Seeing too much can be overwhelming. So during this time, it's even more difficult because we're in isolation. So if you're a single person living alone, you want to be connected to the world in some kind of way, but you have to be very wise and discern what it is that you're reading, what it is that you're seeing, what it is that you're listening to, to make sure that you aren't experiencing an overwhelming uh, labor of emotional um, baggage that is not yours to carry. Like we, we should not have to carry the weight of the world. Mm, the weight of the world. I love that. So you have a self-care planner journal. Yes. You're going to correct me on the name. <laughs> I oh, want you to right. tell the listeners about it. And, and I know that you are an advocate of self-care and I know your position on self-care, but for those that are not familiar with it, can you tell us your position? Can you give us some thoughts about that? And tell us a little bit about the journal and how we can use it during this time. Yeah. So the Working Well Daily Journal um, was created 
again, as I said, the Working Well Daily company that I have is about work-life alignment. You know, we hear a lot about balance, like how do you balance this? How do you balance that? There's nothing you can balance in this life because nothing weighs the same. Um, but what you want to make sure is that you are creating a life that's, um, that your boundaries help to make. So your, your life should be by design. The way that you work should emulate the life you want to live. So uh, if you wanna be present for your kids' games, if you wanna have a thriving marriage, uh, you have to also go, what kind of job will allow me to have that? How far can I go? Should I, should I have a job that I have to travel three hours back and forth? Would that help me create the life that I wanna live or will that create a negative impact? So these are the thoughts that I, I, I want people to have just from um, almost basic decisions that we make every day that can impact our, our, our self-care. And so the definition, my definition of self-care is the daily intentional act of creating a life you don't wanna run away from. And right now in the midst of COVID, I don't know, there are gonna be certain pages in, in the self-care journal and I have to admit that may not fit <laughs> because it has to do like, um, you know, your commute. And not many people are commuting right now because everyone's working from home, but the pages are specifically to help you be intentional with doing something that will make your life better. Um, it's 21 days, you know, they say that a habit it takes three weeks, you know, or 21 days to create a habit. And so, so many of us put our self-care as an afterthought versus making it an imperative necessity. And so, um, you know, when you take your multivitamins, you know what it's there for. You know, if you take your, um, you know, uh, what, what's it called? Um, your probiotics or whatever it is. You, you just have it because you know it's good for you. And so that's how we should treat our self-care, you know, that it's here for us as maintenance, because even when things get hard, if we are practicing self-care daily, it won't be as horrible as it could be if we did not have um, some self-care tools in place. So each day just reminds you to do something, even if it's just one thing, uh, to help your wellness. So if it is, you know, making sure you take time to laugh, like laughter is so good for those who are listening and um, the world of R&B and joined us in the hilarity of last weekend with the baby face and um, Teddy Riley uh, versus situation. Like that was complete hilariousness. Just I think everyone needed that. I think. Oh my gosh. To go back and look at the memes. I went to bed in stitches to go stitches. and look at the memes and see how quickly the world immediately began to say you know teddy riley was using a sound system that it looked like a three-year-old toy right yeah. or like, like a, a casino better job at <laughs> managing you know, like he's using dial-up it was i mean the the hilarity of it all i love the the and, and to me that was where you were able to see the creativity because like people are doing videos i was like how quick are, are you able and then you know people joking like we had an hour nothing <laughs> was happening and so but like stuff like that is so important to our mental health because it gives you a break from what is happening and you should not feel guilt 
to have moments of happiness. You should not feel guilt to have moments of gratitude. And one of the pages, you know, does speak on taking time to be grateful. Um, because I think we do have, uh, you know, another term is survivor's guilt, you know? So I think there's some of us who are like, ah, you know, this is actually a decent time for me. You know, I have clients who their depression has kind of waned because part of their depression and part of their burnout was because they were at work. So now being able to be home in their safe place and not having to deal with people, <laughs> like, this is great. They're like, I feel are, so are bad. They, are they introverts by chance? And they're introverts. <laughs> <laughs> and and they have social anxiety. Uh -huh. And so, you know, all these things, you, you don't realize how these little things about our personality come into play mm -hmm. in our wellness. So mm -hmm. back to that whole work-life alignment. So one of my clients, I'm like, this is a great time for self-discovery. We've been talking about what other job would you have outside of the one that you have now. And due to COVID, you are now realizing you don't mind speaking in front of a Zoom camera, <laughs> you just hated doing physical presentations. Like that would give you so much anxiety and now people are looking to you as a resource. Uh, she, I assume, has an immaculate home. So she has coworkers going, where'd you buy that, that thing in the back? Where'd you get that? If I have some money, can I hire you? You know, as, as an as a interior designer, never thought about you know, that being a, an avenue that she should go into. So there are people who are definitely having a difficult time, but then there are some who kind of needed the quiet, that needed the space, uh, that needed the, the time away from the towns and the busyness of commuting and travel. You know, again, I'm in the South suburbs of Chicago, so many of my clients are commuting back and forth downtown. Not having to do that has, <laughs> it's like bless them in so many ways they're like i've lost so many hours i had one client i think it was a five-hour commute like per day incredible wow i mean the stress on the body the stress on your mind goodness. you know and i know that there are people who are still essential workers and i don't like that term but you know we have to use it and so they still are going to work so the working well daily journal also talks about how do you maximize your commute how do you use that to mentally prepare to go into this place that you're aware may not be safe? You know, and then what do you do when you're commuting back home? How do you mentally detox from being in that space to prepare you to be home? So the whole thing about the journal in my mind as I was creating it was hoping to at least give a stepping stone to those who may not have thought about what self-care looks like in the different aspects of it because i think people think oh going to a spa getting my nails done you know doing something lavish and it could be as simple as turning on the radio and jamming to your favorite song and knowing like wow i needed the laugh or i needed uh that moment of 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 being grateful and implementing those things every day to make life a little bit better and what I love about the journal too, is that it is downloadable and yes. because it's 21 days, people can every month because people have different seasonal cycles, right? Say for example, if someone experiences seasonal depression, they know that the month of January, February would look drastically different from 
May, June, July, something to that effect. And so I like that you have this option available for people and for our listeners there. Uh, it will be in the show notes. The link will be in the show notes so that you can access your self-care planner. I know I don't have the name right, but it's so important that you are able to take care of yourself during this time because without being intentional, and that's what, what this helps you, it helps you to be intentional. Without being intentional, you risk really getting to a place mentally and emotionally where you it may be harder to come out of. So do come yourself on, a favor and yeah, and, and, and just and just just get the resources that you need, especially the resources that are available. So Farah, what are some last words that you have for our listeners as we are navigating this, as some people call it new normal or some people call it, you know, where we are now? What what are some last thoughts that you have? I want to encourage all of your listeners to be kind to themselves and to feel how you feel because you're going to experience a myriad of emotions. Um, There are going to be great highs, uh, especially if you have um, a family, you know, there are probably going to be some great memories that you're going to create. And then there's going to be some loaves, you know, where you are like, man, I was not the best mom. I was not the best dad in that moment. But I want everybody to just be kind to yourself, be gracious to yourself. Um, give yourself grace. If it wasn't the most productive day, um, give yourself grace. If, if you weren't showing up, um, the way you wanted to show up, but at the same time, um, as you eloquently put it, you know, be intentional on caring for yourself because when we do get through this and when we get on the other side, we don't want to get to the other side broken. You know, so it, it, it's, it's so important that we try to maintain our wellness as best as we can. And, you know, for all of those uh, people who are working um, still outside of the home, thank you uh, and take care of yourself as best as you can. Um, for those who, you know, if you have those moments where somebody's name, you know, gets put on your heart, reach out to them, you know, so just be intentional on your time because we recognize like at any moment, <laughs> you know, things could be taken away from us. So um, just want, just want everyone to just stay encouraged love on each other, be kind to yourself, and uh, practice self-care as much as you can. Thank you so much, Farah. How can people get in contact with you? People can reach me. Um, My email address is info at farahharrislcpc.com, and all of my social media handles, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and LinkedIn are at farahharrislcpc. Thanks so much. And my website too, as far as Harris LCPC. Oh, yes, absolutely. Your website, which is a beautiful website with your beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, friend. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of We Resolve to Win. But don't worry, the fun doesn't stop there. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at We Resolve to Win. And you can join our free private Facebook group where we share success stories and strategies on negotiating and resolving conflict in all areas of your life. 
Until next time, be well.